Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. The New York Mets, for the first time in 15 years, are champions of the National League. When New York sports happens... Talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Salakata back on the fence. So as I was saying before, the Jets need to stay the course. And that means no coaching changes. That means not giving up on Zach Wilson. The right thing to do, the only way out of this dysfunctional organizational mess that they've built here for X amount of years is to stay the course with Robert Sala, let him develop Zach Wilson, and give them the proper time to build this thing the right way. Joe Douglas, I trust. Woody Johnson needs to get out of the way. I know he's the owner. Do not stick your nose in there. These hires were made. Let them do their job until they show definitively that they aren't the guys. But if you fire Robert Sala, you start taking away coaches, you move on from Zach Wilson after two years, you're never going to get it. You're only looking for the immediate success, and that's not real. A, it's not easy to find. B, it's not real when it happens. You could have one great year, and then all of a sudden the next year, uh uh-uh, and then what? So the format for me, or the formula for me here, would be to keep Robert Sala going into year three. Obviously, I'm keeping Zach Wilson. And I am bringing in a veteran to help push Zach Wilson, to mentor Zach Wilson, But that mentor would not be Jimmy Garoppolo, who, for some reason, people are in love with. I I don't get it. I mean, he's okay. All you need to know is the Niners don't think he's good enough. They did everything they could to get away from Jimmy G being the guy. Now, was he better than anything we saw last year with the Jets? Sure. But that doesn't mean he's the answer. And... Is he really the mentor for Zach Wilson, the right mentor for Zach Wilson? No, he's not. This is not about any other quarterback. It's about Zach Wilson. What are you going to do to make sure you as an organization do everything you can to put him in a position 
to succeed. To me, there is one clear answer and one clear move. Now, if you want to go away from the idea of Zach Wilson developing, which I think would be a huge mistake, then go get Lamar Jackson. End of story. He's the best quarterback available. Go do it. I mean, I don't think the Jets are ready to win yet to go out there and get Aaron Rodgers, let's say. Nor do I think Aaron Rodgers would ever come to the Jets. But Lamar Jackson will come to the Jets if they pay him, assuming they can't work out a deal with the with the Ravens. So if it's not going to be the top guy, then for me, I'm going with, as I've said this many times before, not to you know continue to beat a dead horse here, but or a dead cult for that matter. I'm not going to go away from it because it's what I firmly believe in. Matt Ryan should be the guy. And it's not because I believe Matt Ryan is great at this particular point in his career. I know Matt Ryan is great as far as being a leader. The highest of characters that you could possibly find. If you are to save Zach Wilson and develop him the way that you say you're going to, the way that you should have two years ago. If you're going to do that, bring in Matt Ryan. And Zach Wilson could push him at, you know, in training camp and preseason, whatever. They'll work together. He'll learn from no better mentor than Matt Ryan. And if he wants to push him to be the starter, so be it. The way I would do it is have Ryan probably start the first five, six games, see how things go, then transition to Zach once I think once and for all he's ready. But if Matt Ryan can't do it, nobody can. Meaning get the most out of Zach Wilson as far as the leadership ability. Teach him how to be a great leader, how to represent the organization, how to be the face of the franchise. Matt Ryan will help with that. Garoppolo will not. He cannot. He will not. He's not there. Guy didn't win an MVP like Matty Ice did. And that MVP that he won in 2016, under the same offense. Anything Jimmy G did in this offense, Matt Ryan did better. And if you want to put wins and losses on Garoppolo, I mean, look at the Niners team that they had around him. That team is absolutely loaded to where Brock Purdy's doing the job. Garoppolo, Carr, these guys are band-aids on a hatchet wound. Stay the course. Douglas, Sala, Wilson, see it through. If at the end of three, four years, you're not happy with it, then maybe make a, a, a change. But it can't be this vicious cycle over and over again. That's how the Jets find themselves in this mess. They need to build a solid foundation, and I think it starts with staying the course with everybody, including LaFleur, and then going to bring in a guy like, or not a guy like, going to bring in Matt Ryan. Rod is calling from Nyack. What's up, Rod? How you doing today? Can you hear me? Good. I got you, Rod. What's on your mind? Well, you know, I was just responding to the gentleman previous call where he says it's 75% players and mm-hmm. 25% coach. I mean, I hear that on fan a lot, just arbitrary, just throwing out percentages and generalizing. It's just silly. First of all, it's an individual basis. Some quarterbacks, some players – are um are right fit for certain coaches, certain quarterbacks and certain players are not a right fit for a quarterback. Just because a person didn't develop under one coach doesn't mean he's a, a, a not a real coach. I mean, Jesus. I well, mean I mean people are just throwing out statements because 
is 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 a good fit for certain people. Now, certain quarterbacks have running capability. Certain quarterbacks stay in the pocket. Certain quarterbacks they rely on the offensive line, which I don't hear giving any credit for offensive line because pocket quarterbacks definitely depend on an. Well, offensive but where are line. you not? Of of course, but where are you not hearing that? Of course, we understand that. Oh no, no, no! I'm not saying you, sir. Right. I mean, I like what you said. I'm just saying in general. I'm just, you know, my my years of just listening right. to it. You you don't hear if you if you ask someone what was the the starting offensive line for Brady and the Patriots, no one would know. Right, exactly. They, well, they don't they, get the, kept, the yeah, right, but they kept him up. No, I know. they kept him on his feet. Well, and, and Brady, and Brady, if you remember too, yeah, he's a guy that's going to get rid of the ball quickly too. So there are ways around that. But yes, yes. I mean, your point yes. is the offensive line does not get any credit when it deserves a ton of credit. And I'll use a current example with the Colts. The Colts' offensive line this year was awful, and that was supposed to right. be a strength of theirs, and it made Matt Ryan right. look bad to a point where people now yes, all of a sir. sudden. You know, are down on Matt Ryan, which is just incorrect. I mean, they're wrong. There you go. And I like what you said about uh, Trevor Lawrence. See, now one coach, it wasn't a good fit. Now you bring the other coach and look at him. So coaches, it depends. You know, coaches, you know, get a bad rap because some people say, you know, when they're that good, you don't need the coach. That's silly. That's silly. But I like your example that you use. Uh, I like your logic. You know, um, well, thank you, you Rod. Know, I, I like listening to you. Well, Not thank you. Night. Thank you, Rod. You too. I appreciate taking the time to call. Look, the NFL is different. Or call before Bob was starting to talk about how it means, you know, coaching doesn't uh, mean as much as I was saying. In the NFL, it means a lot. I mean, you could say that it's been marginalized in baseball, but you've even seen that to a certain extent work with look at Buck Showalter and the Mets this year. You think if Luis Rojas was the coach, the Mets would have won 101 games? I don't. It makes a difference. But football in particular. Football is, I'm not going to put a percentage on it, but so much of it is who the coach is. And you should be able to tell a great coach, you know, the easy way for me is the guy who goes to multiple spots and builds up the program. Like Parcells will forever be one of the greatest coaches that I could ever remember, even though he didn't win a Super Bowl with New England or win a Super Bowl with uh, Dallas. The way that he instantly turned those franchises around, you know, that's not an accident. That's not a guy gets lucky and it's a fluke and he wins a couple of Super Bowls and all and then he goes somewhere else and you know it doesn't do anything. It, it you know like uh you know Brian Billick for example. I'm not trying to pick on Billick, but I'm just saying a Super Bowl winning head coach where you could say that he's not a good head coach. I can name plenty of head coaches who didn't win a Super Bowl that are better than Billick. So it's not like you know, Parcells was lucky. Look at what he did. He built up all those programs. Andy Reid. Look what he did with Philadelphia. What, just because he didn't win a Super Bowl? See, people stupidly were saying just because Reid didn't win the Super Bowl with Philadelphia that he wasn't a good head coach. Like, think how stupid that is. And then obviously he won one with Kansas City. Because one of the great head coaches. I could have told you and did tell you whenever I was on the air back then, Andy Reid's a great coach. Oh, he can't win the big one. No, until he does. 
A guy like that that gets you in. So you got something to say? Because you're looking at me here. What's what's up? You actually got me thinking about this, and I've thought about this for a while. It's actually not from watching football. It's watch, it's from watching Tibbs and the Knicks right now. It's like I feel like there's like this. Um, there's two kinds of coaches: those who build up the programs and the ones who maintain them and actually get them to that next level. So I feel like. When you're talking about Bill Parcells, like he's like he's a builder, but like he's also had like experience, like you know, taking them to that next level. But like I just feel like there's two different kinds of coaches, you know, like the ones that kind of create the culture and the ones that fit, and then there's others that finish the job. Well, right, Parcells was one who obviously did both, but that's what I'm talking about. Like you could look at a coach individually and just say he's a great coach without winning Super Bowl. That's why the whole Super Bowl argument to me does not make any sense either, whether it's a player or a head coach. But the point is, coaches do, in football, have much more of an impact. Eric is calling from New Hyde Park. What's up, Eric? Hey, Sal. How, how, are, you doing, you, uh, how are you, Eric? Excellent. Thanks for taking the call. Thanks for making uh, so, it. What's on your mind? On the Jets, uh, I'm with you. I think the, the coaching staff has to stay intact, although um, if LaFleur is let go, I'm, I'm cool with that. That aside, it's uh, keeping Zach Wilson in in the QB competition. Can't have it. I, I I can't have more Zach. All right. Well, what's your answer then? Uh, I mean, I know you. I heard you before, and you're against the guy, but I think Derek Carr is is the right guy for the Jets right now. Yeah, he is the right guy for the Jets. You know why? Because it's the exact type loser move this franchise has made forever. No, 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 no. Yeah. Derek Carr gets the best out of his teammates. Oh, he does? Devontae Adams had the best season of his career. He had his best game with Jared Stidham. He had his best game with Stidham. No, no, no. The best season of his career with Derek Carr. Mm -hmm. Season. I, right, you but can't I'm saying tell you, me that the 16 games with Derek Carr don't mean more than the one game with Jared Stidham. Come on now. I'm just saying that Stidham did it. So I mean, I saw him do it for a game. So you're making it like Derek Carr is the stud. I, I don't think that he is. I think Derek no, no. Carr is a losing quarterback. I don't think Derek Carr is a stud. Right. No, no. By no means do I think Derek Carr is a stud. So then, I why do you Derek want him? Carr, I think Derek Carr is the right guy for the Jets. Yeah, because right you think you think the Jets are good enough to win, but you just need a quarterback. The answer to that is they're not. They, their defense didn't prove anything. Their offense couldn't run the football. Did you, could they, when, when was the last time the Jets ran the football? You want to go back to where Brees Hall was healthy? I mean, so you're, you're thinking More it's just, importantly than Brees Hall, AVT. Okay, well, fine. But they need both those guys back. And if you do that, then maybe the, then and only then maybe I say, all right, well, they can run the football and maybe get the defense to be a little bit better because I was watching, and the game that I saw Zach have a, you know, Zach Wilson was the quarterback, and they had a lead against the Lions, and that big, bad defense gave it up. I mean, what happened there? Was that Zach Wilson's fault, too? That that was not on Zach. I'm with you there. The Jets do need an upgrade at one of the safety spots. Mm-hmm. Point, Ideally, the, the, point the is, Eric, money their, is their defense, the their defense is over or was overrated. And the idea that they're a quarterback away is wrong. And if you think that that quarterback is Derek Carr, now you're entitled to your opinion, and that's fine, and you're not alone. I, I think a lot of Jeff fans are interested in Derek Carr. That is, well, to, to me, so, so wrong in every way. 
I'm with you in that the team is more than a quarterback array. Okay. Away. However, I think the team is close enough to to winning if Derek Carr is the quarterback. Close enough to winning Provided what? Provided they make the right upgrades elsewhere. Okay, close enough to winning what? Uh, contending for a Super Bowl. Getting to a conference championship game, I'll say. Yeah, see, I, I think you're going to another level here. And thank you for the call, Eric. I appreciate you checking in. Maybe contending for a playoff spot, which I would argue they, you know, were doing this year. I don't think that Derek Carr would take them to a level where they can think about playing championship weekend. I think that's going to be the other stuff. The Jets are supposed to be built on running the football and playing defense. They didn't do that. Now, there were reasons why. Injuries, obviously, at the forefront. But, hey, that happens. But the Jets didn't run the football or play defense well enough. That was their biggest problem this year. Not the quarterback play. They knew that there were going to be growing pains in what was essentially year one for Zach Wilson. Last year was like pre-K. This was really kind of year one for him. They knew there were going to be issues. They were supposed to be built on running the football and playing great defense. They showed signs of doing both at times. They never did either consistently enough throughout the course of the season. And for the fans just to say they had enough Zach, I mean, I'm not sure where you're getting that from. The guy's barely played. It's been two years. He still hasn't had one season from start to finish of the year as a starter. Not one. Not one full season. And you're so quick to judge and dismiss and throw away. The organization... Now, maybe they'll follow, maybe they'll listen to the fans, maybe they'll do something foolish, and then that's how they continue to go in these circles. There's no way Joe Douglas should give up on Zach Wilson after he went all in. That is not a pick that they take lightly. Second pick in the draft. They moved on from Darnold. They took the second pick overall with Zach Wilson because he believed that was going to be the guy that was going to be his meal ticket. There's no way you go from that two years ago and evaluate all that's gone on to where he hasn't even been on the field for a full season and say we're giving up on him. The best solution for the Jets long term is to develop Zach Wilson. That's the way out. Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, Band-Aids on a hatchet wound. Your official station to talk Knicks. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Sal Licata back on The Fan. The Knicks with another heartbreaking loss, this time to the Bucks. Now, look, I know they're without R.J. Barrett, but still. And the Knicks have played hard. They've been much better. Maybe they can be a solid team here, especially if R.J. Barrett uh, you know, comes back and develops. But just another frustrating lady. They've had these games where they gave you hope. They get close. They play well. And then they just don't finish the game properly. Grimes 
has done a nice job. Quickly has done a nice job. Those are important things moving forward. McBride has given some solid minutes. You like all those things from this team. Uh, yeah, obviously, Mitchell Robinson's been a beast. Julius Randle, same thing. Hey, Brunson is an absolute stud, which you know they, there's a lot of positives in there. Brunson had 44 uh, last night, but to no avail. I mean, they lost to the Bucs, so uh, losing is just not good enough. Even though the Knicks are better than what they were, they're not there yet to where we can take them seriously as a player in the Eastern Conference. 877-337-6666. Joe is calling from the Bronx. What's up, Joe? Hey, Sal, what's going on? Just uh, want to talk uh, a little Mets and Correa again. Sure. All right, so a couple points. Um, the first point is obviously you saw the reports probably with Ken Rosenthal and Heyman and uh, mm-hmm. saying Twins could emerge as favorites potentially now as uh, the talks are increasing. And my point is it's just like I don't even think this is leverage at this point. It's, this is just – I think it's just straight up lies because, I mean, at the end of the day – you look at the Giants, things went sour. Mets just swoop in. Mets have been good. This has been going on for almost a month now. We expect, so they expect us to think that the Twins just will come in, swoop up Correa. One, they can't match the money with the Mets. And two, again, it's, it's not like these, uh, you know, his foot hasn't been red flagged. They have been. So, right. So, again, logically, logically speaking, and we touched on this earlier in the show, Joe, using common sense. Okay, let's say that Minnesota is actually involved. At what number do you think they're going to be involved at that the Mets wouldn't be willing to go to? Right. Like it doesn't make yeah, any it, it doesn't make any sense if the twi- let's just say for example, the Twins are willing to go, you know, 6 years 200 million. And again, I'm just I didn't even do the math to break it down, but let's just say 6 years 200 million. You don't think the Mets would do that or the Twins are willing to go 7 years 250 million, whatever. The Mets aren't going to do that. Anything the Twins would do, the Mets would do better. Com- completely agree. And then, so my next point is, how long is Cohen going to let this go on? Because it, it's like, obviously, we have nothing, you know, as time goes on, it, it, we have, Cohen probably has all day, sure. But at some point, Cohen has to lay down the hammer and say, and you know, say it, take it or leave it. Yeah, so, I, well, I think we're getting there. So how would you play it? If you're Cohen, how would you play it? Boris is saying, hey, we got other teams involved here. We got to come. You know, they're at a standstill, it seems. Uh, how would mm-hmm. you play it if you're Cohen? What would you do? Would you say, hey, this is it. Take it or leave it and be ready to move on? I mean, you'd hate to be the one to call a bluff and then the other guy just walk. But I think the Mets are the only ones with leverage here. So it's Cohen, I think, has to be a little more of the aggressor. I mean, again, like you just made a great point. What, what, what are the Twins going to offer that the Mets won't? So it's, yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, I can't imagine that, and thank you for the call, Joe. It is, it's a frustrating discussion, but fascinating. I'm dying to find out what the Twins are going to be willing to give. When neither the Giants or the Mets would be willing to go to the length of the contract that Correa thought he was going to get after watching the or seeing the medicals, you know it's going to come down. Naturally, when it comes down, you should have more teams getting involved. Problem is, more teams aren't getting involved. It's just one team. And you get the feeling that Boris went back to them the same way that after the Giants deal broke down, he went to the Mets. Now, after the Mets deal potentially breaking down, he's going to the Twins for some kind of leverage. Because the Mets aren't stupid. They know Boris doesn't have any leverage. Nobody's going to give Correa the deal that he wanted. Nobody. It's not anybody's fault. It's because of the injury. So he's not getting that long-term contract. Not from the Mets, 
Not from the Giants, not from the Twins. Nobody. So then what kind of offer is he getting? Even if it is from the Mets drastically different, like let's say it's half of that contract. Let's say it's six years, you know, 180. Where's he getting better than that? You think the Twins are going to get better than that? Or six years, 200? I mean, maybe he wants 200. Uh, again, I'm not sure the exact math on how. Let's just do it. I'm going to break out the calculator here. What the hell? Uh, yeah, let's say he gets 35 a year. Times six years. He's going to get over 200 million, I would think. 35 times six gets you to 210. So maybe he wants to get to 250. I mean, they're going to have to come up to seven, eight years. Maybe he could get to 250. Let's see. Uh, 35 times. Yeah, I guess if you go 35 times seven, that's about it. I can't imagine him getting much more than that. And from the Twins? I mean, what are the Twins going to be willing to give? Come on now. So I'm sure the Mets are trying to come up with provisions. I'm sure the Mets are around the number that I'm talking about, six or seven years, not the 12-year, $315 million. And I'm sure Boris is frustrated but really doesn't have a leg to stand on. There's no leverage. So you're going to use Minnesota? What are they going to give? They're going to give 250 for seven years? No freaking way. And if they did, then the Mets would do it. Chris is calling from Shrub Oak, New York. What's up, Chris? Sal, what's up, buddy? How are you, Chris? I'm good. You know, real quick, remember the other night I called you? I was talking to you about Aruba. Yeah. And a couple call, a couple callers after me, the guy called and said, oh, that place is in Long Island. You don't have... Yeah. Well, I guess the, the only reason I was saying that was I've been to the ones up here, and they're good. But the one in Aruba blows them away because I was talking to the owner, was down there, and I was like, why is it so much better down here? He goes, he goes well, think about it. I get everything cargoed in, and everything gets cargoed in right from Italy. Uh, That's why okay. the food is better down there. And the thing is, like, I didn't want you to think I was trying to send you to, like, yeah, a come on. You sent me some chain? Like, I mean, what, what am I going to go see? No, the TJA Fridays? Like, not, Let's go to TJA no, Fridays. Like and no, no, no. You're all no, right, Chris. Not, You're it's right. not like an Olive Garden. It's not like an Olive Garden chain. No, it's no, like no. It's like an upper scale Italian restaurant. But I didn't want you to think I was sending you to like an no, Olive Garden. No, no, no. You're all good. As a matter of fact, I'm going in a couple of weeks. Call me again just to remind right. me in case I forget. And I tell will. Me. Yeah. I will. I will. But a couple things on the Jets. You know, you were talking about Parcells. And don't forget. You know, when he coached the Jets, they were one in fifteen and ninety six. He took them to nine and seven, and then twelve and four, and they were a half away from going to the Super Bowl in ninety eight. That's to me how it's done. A coach comes in, he takes a slop team, and he turns them into a real football team year by year by year. Parcells did it repeatedly. That, to me, is what I value as a coach. Not some guy who's going to go to a team that's ready-made and go win a Super Bowl. 
or a guy like Sean right. McVay who's going to go to a team and, you know, just go amass as much talent as possible until he gets his cheap Super Bowl win and then go to be a broadcaster. Right. No, that's not a real head coach. Right. Um, what about bringing in um, – like I said, I'm not opposed to bringing in uh, – what's his name, Matt Ryan. But what, even if you brought Matt Ryan in – because remember a couple weeks ago we were talking about we didn't even know who the quarterback coach was. Well, it's a guy named Rob Calabrese who supposedly was like a high school football coach that they brought in. But what about – and I know Sala worked under him in Houston. I know he retired a couple of years ago. But what about bringing in, like, Gary Kubiak to work with him? Yeah, I mean, I'm not opposed to that. And Kubiak and Knapp go way back as well. You know, Greg Knapp, the late Greg Knapp, who unfortunately right. for the Jets got kind of screwed with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with any – and Sala, I think, alluded to it yesterday where they were talking about bringing in a – a veteran offensive mind to help out. I'm not opposed to that. My main thing, and again, I, I always preface this when I'm saying this because I know that this is not popular opinion, but I really don't care. It's what I believe in. I, I strongly believe in this. My main thing is that right. the Jets stayed the course. You know, you're hearing rumblings about what the fans want to do, what the owner might want to do. Stay the course and try to salvage Zach Wilson any way you can. And to me, the best way to do that would be to bring in Matt Ryan. I know what Matt Ryan is as a face of the franchise, as a leader, high-character individual. Oh, and by the way, had great success in this offense and can be a perfect mentor to Zach Wilson. So that's the, there are reasons behind why I want Matt Ryan, because mainly because it's going to save Zach Wilson, if Zach Wilson could be saved. No, I agree. I totally agree. I, like I said, I'm not opposed to that. Somebody else was talked about uh, if he's healthy, trying to maybe bring it. I don't know how you feel about this. Matthew Stafford. Yeah, see, why the hell would anybody want Matthew Stafford as opposed to Matt Ryan? Like, Matthew Stafford sucks. And thanks for the call, Chris. I appreciate checking in. It's a great comparison. I'm glad you brought him up. Because I bet you that there would be some people out there that'd be like, oh, if Stafford's healthy and the Rams are going to blow it up, let's go get Stafford. Oh, my God, Stafford, is, I don't care that he won a Super Bowl. He's not as good as Matt Ryan. Not now, not then, not ever. And you're forgetting the most important thing here, the intangibles. Zach Wilson needs to be taught how to be a leader and a face of the franchise. There is no better quarterback right now that he could emulate than Matt Ryan. Now, Ryan has to get cut by the Colts. I'm assuming they're going to do that. Although, I don't know if that's, you know, they're going to want to eat all that money. But, I mean, they've got to move on. What are they going to do? Keep Matty Ice tied to the bench there again? It's the perfect recipe. They want a veteran quarterback. You're going to basically do what you should have did two years ago. I know it's year three, but essentially it's year one. And if he if Wilson beats out Ryan, you go Wilson. Maybe you let him sit for the first few weeks, and then you go to him. And Ryan's got to know that by coming here what his deal is. But, man, it is the perfect formula. And before you start to – and this has been going on for weeks anyway. Everybody's been you know making fun of Matt Ryan, saying he's washed and done. Remember this. The majority of NFL fans prior to the start of the season were very high on the Indianapolis Colts. Why is that? 
Why is that? Because they had a solid offensive line, a good run game, solid defense, whatever, and they finally got the quarterback. Problem is, because of their bad start, and there are reasons for it, Matt Ryan became the scapegoat. And nobody, because nobody's ever patient or uses common sense in today's world, so why would we think any differently when it comes to this situation? Everybody blamed it on Ryan. Nobody saw what was actually happening. But if you were okay with Ryan last year, now all of a sudden after watching him for what, six games or whatever it was, ten games and he ended up playing with the Colts? I don't even know if it was that many. Now you're going to think he's washed up? Believe me, he's not. I watched it. He's. It's not his fault. It's not your fault. No, I know, man. I'm good. No, it's not your fault. Will, it's not your fault. Look at me. It's not you. It's not your fault. 877 Matt, it's not your fault. No, no, I'm good, Sal. I'm good. Matt, it's not your fault. It's not your fault, kid. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let it rip. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Got it back on the fan, 877-337-6666. Continue with your calls. Steve is calling from Valley Stream. Good morning, Steve. Hey, good morning, Sal. How are you today? Good, Steve. How are you? Good. First of all, I really admire all the work that you do. Um, You really bring the essence of what the fan has built its legacy on. So thank you for everything that you do. You speak your mind. you, You tell us your point. And you say the things that we all think about. Having said that... Well, thank you. Thank you for noticing, Steve. I appreciate it. Yeah, having been a Viking fan in New York for my whole life, Mm. since the Fran Tarkington days, I know know how things can end very badly for a long, long time. I'm hoping this is not the year, but you never know. But I, I was up to actually a 98 championship game in Minnesota when your Falcons did the dirty bird on us. You were there? And that was a... I was there. Ooh. I had a choice of going to Jamaica on a vacation with my wife, and we decided to go to Minnesota. Oh. We knew they were 15-1 and one rolling. We knew we were going to the Super Bowl. I couldn't afford a Super Bowl ticket, so let's go to Atlanta. Which, by the way, which, by the way, is better. The championship game is better than the actual Super Bowl anyway because you're around all your fans. No doubt. Yeah. 
And that's what I want. I wanted to be around Minnesota. Everybody see the Vikings get back to the Super Bowl. And we all know what happened. Gary Anderson missed the. I remember well. And Morton Anderson <laughs> didn't. Morton Anderson made it. And, your, your low light was my like high, career highlight as a fan. <laughs> yes. You see, I never saw 60,000 people cry. <laughs> and I was one of them. Yeah. But the points that you bring up, I want to, I got to, because sometimes the younger fans in any sport, want that immediate fix. And they, they forget what history is built on. Two points I want to bring out to support what you're saying. First of all, the whole coaching thing. It's um, There's three coaches I'm going to bring up, and one probably hits home more than the other two, but Bud Grant, Norm Levy, and Dan Reeves. Okay. Bud Grant and Norm Levy have been to the Super Bowl four times. They never won the Super Bowl. But you, are you telling me they're not good coaches? Right, of no, course. They, right. they built up the culture in all those teams to get to that point and uh, this field goal, a block this, or, you know, you know, whatever happened, they didn't get to the dance. Maybe this year they'll face each other. So that'll be a unique Super Bowl. We'll see what happens. The other point too, Dan Reeves, another one, one of my all time favorites, by the way, Dan Reeves, great coach program builder. Yeah. No doubt about it. Okay. He fell short. It happens. And he's going to be remembered for that with his winless Super Bowl record, but still a great head coach. Underrated, right? Yep. And then you, you know, totally underrated. No one talks about Dan Reed's amazing, amazing coach. But then you bring in the mentoring of a young quarterback. And I, I'm a Matt Ryan fan. I like those old school kind of um, um, quarterbacks or players that can really teach the young people. A couple of things. You, you remember, I've been a Viking fan. So we've had 30, over 30 quarterbacks since the Brett Favre, hmm. Aaron Rodgers era. You know, and it, you, you look at that division. And we've had 30. They've had two, <laughs> basically, for all these years. Insane. So, And Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers sat under Brett Favre, correct me if I'm wrong. And if right. you look under another regime, Joe Montana and Steve Young. Steve Young sat for a while, correct? Right. So they have to be mentored. You know, you have to give them the time. The coaches have to be in place. Not, not all of them. Not all of them. And not it is different now with the salary cap structure and all that stuff. But, yeah, I mean, that's the way that I know. Matter of fact, I, I reference Ryan and Flacco because those were the first two rookies that came in the league and kind of had immediate success, or at least that I was you – know, That was the first time that I remember thinking, oh, wow, rookies can succeed – where Ryan and Flacco had some success in their rookie years because prior to that, it was unheard of to have a rookie quarterback have success. Play, maybe, but have success? Not really. Right, right. But the, the Jets quarterback needs that mentoring, obviously. You know, some, some, some athletes need a longer period of time to establish their potential. And you bring Matt Ryan in like now, see, I agree with you. At first, I was like, where's this coming from? But now I see what you're saying. It's the perfect um, chemistry. Let's pretend, if, if, let's pretend, Steve, that this is year one of Zach Wilson. They called it a reset, right? His two first two years were just complete disastrous messes. Let's pretend this is year one and he's a rookie. What would you do? Would you right. would you throw him to the wolves or would you bring in a veteran quarterback to help mentor him along? You bring in that veteran quarterback. Right. And, and you, 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 you gauge the timeline. Correct. Around his development. You wouldn't bring one in. Like, Derek Carr is not that guy. You're bringing in Derek Carr. No. He's your franchise quarterback. So I'm operating under the assumption that Zach Wilson is still my franchise quarterback. 
but I'm just trying to get the most out of him. So Ryan's the perfect balance to where you can still win now with him. You could also have him mentor Zach Wilson and obviously transition seamlessly to Zach, whether it's midway through the year or whenever it may be that you feel like he's ready. It's just, it makes too much sense. No doubt. No doubt. And I think uh, it'd be interesting where the Jets go with this, because I think if you give this young quarterback another year or two and bring in Matt Ryan, I agree with you. I mean, he's a veteran going out, but he could uh, mentor. It's like Flacco wasn't that tight, you know, for some reason. A, he's not that type. B, he's not that good. So there's there's right, a there's right. a couple of things there, and thank you for the call, Steve. Appreciate you checking in. Good luck to your Vikings, man. We've heard from a lot of Vikings fans. The Vikings fans coming out of the woodwork with their matchup against the Giants. They're all over the place. But you look at what Ryan can bring. As a veteran leader, I mean, that's the way that I would want to, and I said this with Atlanta before they traded them, I, I want to draft the young quarterback, whoever it is, and have him sit and learn under Matt Ryan for a year. That would be the way to do it. Dylan is calling from Texas. What's up, Dylan? Hey, how you doing? How are you, Dylan? Good. Hello? Yeah, you're on the air. You want to talk, or we're we just going to have a stalemate here? Oh, Sal, I apologize. No, Sorry, no, no, you're good. I was, one, I was wondering what was going on. Yeah, no, you're on the air. What's up, Dylan? Sal, I appreciate you taking the call. Okay, I want to talk some Jets, and I want to talk the Zach Wilson offseason approach. Sure. All right, so here I'm, I'm hearing this. I'm hearing you about Matt Ryan. I really am, okay? You're 100% right. A true professional, good veteran. But I don't think he's the one for Zach Wilson. Okay, who do you got? All right, and I want you to hear me out here. I don't see this going any other way than the Jets going out and trying to swing a trade for Aaron Rodgers, assuming he's continuing his playing career. Okay. Okay. I'll tell you why. Because this is an attractive football team that I don't think you're giving enough credit. Okay. Yes, we had some injuries. Okay. But we have two dynamic. We have a dynamic person to run the ball. Wilson looks like a stud for, for a receiver. Mm-hmm. Okay. And coming this year, we're going to be rejuvenated. We're going to have a healthy old line. And, I think it's fair to say all we're missing is a, a proven, competent quarterback. You can you can sell me on Lamar Jackson. You can sell me on Derek Carr. Matt Ryan, bring someone in. We've tried Matt Ryan with a veteran presence, and, a, and it's a guy named Joe Flacco. He's a Super Bowl winner. No, I know that, but he's not as good as Ryan. And plus, at this point in his career, he's not good, period. And he's not the leader. Now, if you want to tell me that the Jets could get Aaron Rodgers – uh, see, I don't think that Rodgers would come here. But if you want to tell me the Jets could get Rodgers and have him for a year, I'm okay. I mean, I understand that. I understand why you'd want that because Rodgers is a better quarterback than Matt Ryan. I don't think there's any question about it. Now, is he a better leader or mentor? No, but he's a better quarterback, and you're more worried about trying to go out there and win a Super Bowl with Rodgers, which, again, I could be sold on that. I still don't think it's the best way to go about it because I don't think it's maximizing what you have in Zach Wilson. You are selling your soul, basically, whatever you'd have to give up to go all in on Aaron Rodgers for a year or two. Which, well, I, Sal, by, by the way, I'd rather do that. Let me just say, uh, Dylan, I'd rather do that than I would Garoppolo or Carr or maybe even Lamar. If you're asking me of all the options, Rodgers would be one of them that's top, uh, near the top of the list. So, Sal, let me ask you this. 
for a team that has been starving for a quarterback, why not tell your fan base, hey, we're, we're going all in. We're going to go get Aaron Rodgers. He's gonna, Wilson's going to sit behind him. And why can't Rodgers have the Brett Favre effect? Well, I just don't think Rodgers is the guy. You mean as far as being a mentor? Right. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I just don't think that Rodgers is that guy. What about Aaron Rodgers? Have you seen that's high character, great leader, all that stuff? Players want to play for Aaron Rodgers. He makes players better. Mm-hmm. And, and if you sell me Matt Ryan, Sal, you and I know, if Matt Ryan goes and does what he does, what he did this year, uh, it's York, a disaster. Get eaten alive. He, no, it would be a disaster. I mean, they, he would be eaten alive, Sal. And not even not him. The Jets organization would be. See, that is that's a great point, Dylan. Is that there is no you, you're taking a risk there because if it goes the way that it did in Indianapolis, people are going to say, "What the hell?" And thank you for the call, Dylan. Good stuff. People are going to because nobody wants him anyway. Because of that. So you'd have to have... See, and I don't know if Joe Douglas has the gumption that I do. You have to have stones to be able to do that. You have to have stones to be able to say it on the radio. You think I care, though? I do have the stones. Would you believe in something if you were the only one who believed in it? Hell yes, I would. And I do believe in it. I'm not making this up for sports talk radio purposes. I genuinely believe it's a great option for them. But you're right. If they go out there and make that risk, and by the way, you know, obviously less for me because I'd look like I'd just look like a fool and keep moving on. They would do it and they get fired. If you make that decision, you're going with Matt Ryan and he fails, or looks like Indianapolis, you're going to have a problem. Now, the idea though is that you could you're supposed to be transitioning to Wilson. It's not just about Matt Ryan. If you want to go get Aaron Rodgers, you can sell me on that. I'm not sure that's going to be the result that you want, thinking this team is going to be a Super Bowl team. I just don't think the Jets are there yet. Could be. You're right about Garrett Wilson. You're right about Brees Hall on the offensive line. The defense has been much improved. They still have ways to go. But I would not be... I don't want Garoppolo. I don't want Derek Carr. You can sell me on Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you're talking about one of the great quarterbacks of all time. Headaches included. I mean, you just you deal with that. What do you think of that, Marco? The idea of Rodgers. Now, I don't know the logistics of it. Like, does Rodgers have to choose to come here? Probably. Well, yeah. why, and why would he choose the Jets? Like, he could go to the Dolphins. He could go, you know, go play him. He's going to come to New York. You think Aaron Rodgers really wants the Jets? Uh, I mean, Brett Favre didn't want the Jets either. But when you're backed up against it, you don't have a choice with but, your contract. But he should have more of a choice. Yes and no. If the Packers come to him and say, look, it's Jordan Love's team. We're turning yeah. to Jordan Love. Either retire or we trade you. Right. We'll give you an option of a couple of teams to try, but we're trading and we're getting the best package we can get for you. What's he going to do? And All right, so then what do you, let's just say that Rodgers says, yeah, I'm going to go play for the Jets. You I'd like be all that. in if I were the Jets. All in. Look, I, I, it's you hard. You want Carr or Garoppolo? No. Neither. No, because, again. Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson I'd be all in for, right. too. Yeah. The Jets need to strive for a, the, a good, not just a good quarterback, the quarterback. The guy. The guy. Not a maybe guy. Yeah, stop. I, I, feel like the, I feel like Jet fans have been so deprived of the playoffs and so deprived of good football, they strive for competency. 
Your right. goal cannot be Jimmy Garoppolo and let's just make the playoffs. Excellent That's way to put it. That's not good enough. Excellent. Which is why I keep saying that, well, then, if you're going to do that, like if that's your other option, your best way out is to develop Zach Wilson, which is why I say Matt Ryan. So that's my plan. It's, a t- it's really Zach Wilson, but Matt Ryan is like that pseudo stopgap. The other way to do it would be to go do it. If you're going to do it and not go with Zach Wilson because you don't like him, then go get one of the best quarterbacks. Rodgers or Jackson, that's it. That there's no again, to me there's no option. I don't want to sign Jimmy Garoppolo's not cheap either. You got to give him right. big money to be a average quarterback. And that's a, the Niners again, couldn't wait to get rid of him. But, and again, so what's the end goal? 9 and 8 and make the playoffs and lose in the in the wild card? 10 and 7 and lose in the divisional? Like that's the end goal? No. And I know Jet fans cuz I've heard them tell me I just want to get there. I hear yeah, you. Yeah, but then you get I there. I understand. Yeah. But that's not good enough. Yeah, just like this year, I just want to win five, six, seven games, and then you do it. You and it's like, no, that's, that's not what thing, you want. It's not what you want. You think you want it. That's not what you want. You want to find the guy. It'd be nice if Zach Wilson developed into the guy. You and I are in disagreement. I think that ship has sailed. Right. Not because of talent, but because he lost the entire locker room. And it's not just hey, we don't think this guy can play. It's we don't like this guy. <laughs> that's a you. problem. Yeah. When you walk into the room and everybody's looking at it, I, I can't stand this guy. That's a problem. So I feel like the Jets need to move on, and I think they also need to move on. I, I got to say this. If you're going to go Zach Wilson route and you're going to try to salvage it, then you need to get rid of the entire coaching staff. Because Robert Sala, LaFleur, everybody. Yeah, but now basically, there's too many moving parts here. You can't do that. If you're going to salvage Wilson, then you need to shoot for the moon and you got to go get Sean Payton. You need to get a guy that could say, yeah, I could fix him. Because Salah has shown you in every turn, but why would I don't Peyton, want him. Why would Peyton want this job with a project? I don't know. I don't know what would, Peyton wants. Yeah, I don't, and I'm not saying he should want Denver either with Russell Wilson, but... I don't know. Again, Sean Payton has made it pretty clear. Well, and most Sean, coaches yeah. make this clear. As much as the talent is there and that's important, it's about stability. I think the one thing that Sean Payton, at least he knows, coming to the Jets, the last thing that they show is stability in a franchise. <laughs> However, he knows walking in... He's got a long leash. He could do whatever the hell he wants. Because he's him. You Sean would think. You, if Woody Johnson makes that move, there's no way he's going to tell Sean Payton no to anything. How about Sean Payton and Aaron Rodgers? And now you're cooking. Well, at least now you're talking, right? Now we're talking about legitimacy. We're not talking about, you know. Again, what's the goal? Like, the, the goal is to win, right? Not the, the goal is not to just kind of get to the playoffs and limp in and get bounced. You've done that. Every team has done that. Trust me, when you get there and you lose in the wild card, it doesn't make you but feel a, better. But a part of me, so I believe in staying the course. I'm not saying that I would have made the decisions that they made two years ago, but they made them for a reason. Yeah. And you can't keep having this turnover. It's just not healthy. I understand. If you're going to stay the course in Douglas and Sala, then Wilson needs to go. Because they've proven that they don't believe in him. He knows it. The rest of the team feels well, it. Well, Douglas said they believe in him. Nonsense. They say it, they don't show it. You can't have you can't have LaFork come out and say, we're gonna pick up the scraps from Zach Wilson. <laughs> I don't think LaFleur is a fan necessarily. You think Robert Sala is a fan? He was dying to get rid of yeah. Zach Wilson at every turn. They don't believe in him, and that's fine. But now you need to move on. Don't just keep bringing it back. Don't try to put a band-aid on it, because I hate to tell you, your job is on the line. And I don't think Robert Sala ever truly believed in Zach Wilson. And I think now he knows my death nail and my job is going to be Zach Wilson if we yeah. bring him back. Is it I death can- nail or nail? Um, nail, isn't it? I don't think it is death nail. No? Sus, you could help us out with this. Is it death nail or death? Because I, I always I thought. I see him fervently, you know, 
with the computer. Yeah, now. I, I, always thought, I always thought it was death nail, like yeah. pounding the coffin yeah. with that final nail. I don't no? think that it is. Huh. I believe I looked this up once before, and it's death nail. And I have no idea what the hell that means. Sus, what do you got You're for us? We now. check in with the booth. See, I typed it. I first typed that up immediately, and then there, well, there's like a Washington State University paper of common errors in the English English usage. Go ahead. So it, here's what I, I was written. So death nail is a result of confusing two expressions with similar meanings. Okay. So the first is death knell. K N E double L. Right. Is where when a large bell rings or tolls, it knells. So. For whom the bell tolls, okay. Okay. There you go. And so then, the death knell would be you ringing the bell for Robert yeah. Saul, in this case, getting fired. Now, what's right. a death knell? So it's the second part is another way to describe the final blow that finishes someone else is putting the last nail in a coffin. Oh, so, so it is that. It, well, it's basically you could use either, but they both have death themes. You but, know? So how are people getting it wrong, and why would they? So if it has, what's, so it's what's final the, nail in the coffin and death nail. You can't use death nail. Death nail is a result of confusing right. two expressions. Oh, oh, so oh I see what you're saying. It's two. not death nail. Right. Final nail in the coffin or death, death nail. Okay. Well, that's the death Which, nail. Uh, okay. I, I you you, show, you taught me something. I you, never you, heard you that don't before. you don't get updated on just sports here. You get updated on the English language as well. Takes one to know one, Marco. You know how many times I've screwed that up. And Thank you, know, Webster. I had no idea. I don't. Me either. <laughs> I had no clue. All these years, who knew? That's a death nail. Because obviously, most people. I mean, think, it made sense. Yeah, I, you know, final nail in the coffin does make right. sense. So, death nail, no. And All I still right. don't know what. De- oh yeah, death nail is ringing that bell. All right, so now I'm going to remember that for kind of like whom, for whom the bell tolls. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. All right. Uh, and we'll get back to your calls on the other side. 877-337-6666. Let's get you updated. Here's Marco Belletti. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hyundai. 